I feel like so often we get in the monotony of things and we just keep grinding and doing and we forget to be. And all of a sudden, as I started traveling and as I started slowing down, I just started wondering if I could design my life. Welcome to Created Creative. I'm Dawn. And I'm Ruth. And today we have Jenny Sung. Jenny Sung was a wonderful interview. It was so fun to talk to her, wasn't it? Yes. And I like how she talked about crafting a life. Everyone's creating their life to some degree, to many degrees. But she was able to dive into questions about like, how are you putting this together and the practicalities Mm -hmm. of it? That stuck out for me too, the practicalities of how do you actually be this free range pastor? And the amount of trust and community involved in that. Mm -hmm. I liked how she talked about how collaborating is so important to her as well. And it was such a contrast with our interview with Rob Bell last week when he talked about, for him, it's much more individually or in solitude. I almost want to ask that going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I have been thinking about that more though, because I think I've asked it maybe just the last two times. I think also it stuck out with Jenny Sung because we had just (laughs) talked to Rob Bell where he talked about doing it so solitary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That then Jenny was talking all about the dance company and all the people involved in all of her projects. Yeah. So it was striking the contrast. Definitely. Yeah. Great interview. She's so well spoken and just doing interesting things, I think, in the world. So here's Jenny. Here's Jenny. Thank you for inviting me. Grateful to be here with you. Oh. Welcome. So Jenny, I've followed you on Instagram for a long time. It's always so fun when you see pictures of someone's life and their travels, but yet we haven't met face to face and there's probably a lot of our listeners who haven't yet met you. So I'm wondering if you could start by sharing with us just a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I am a pastor and director of a dance company. I also do quite a bit of traveling and travel blogging. But a lot of what I do is what I refer to as free-range pastor Jenny. And so I get to go to different countries and different places and just see what God is up to and how God is moving, how God has moved and how God continues to move through the land and the people. I actually have to say that the free-range pastor Jenny, I just love that Instagram handle. And I think there's probably a lot of us that can resonate with that feeling that ministry can happen in all sorts of diverse ways and settings. How long have you been using that free range, Pastor Jenny? It's been almost three years now, and I started using it the day after I had left my first call and was doing a lot of street ministry. But in the clergy world, it's considered to be on leave of call. And so I was in a group of amazing preacher women And they said, go around and say your name and say your church and where you're from. And it was the first time I had said, not the church I was pastoring before. And so I was like, I'm just a free range pastor, a happy little turkey. And it just stuck. Everybody was like, oh, you have to use that for your social. And so now I say I'm free range pastor Jenny for people with free range faith. I think that's a lot of us, if we're honest. Yes, I love that. So in the wide variety of things that you do, what's been 
one of your favorite creative experiences? We have put together a Lenten series produced by Palestinian Christians. It is through Samud, which is for justice in Palestine and Israel. And it's just amazing. My favorite way of creating is with many people where it gets to be very collaborative. And so we have somebody hosting and sharing the significance of the land. And then we have Palestinian leaders sharing from their voices what Samud is, which is a Palestinian word that means steadfastness. And so it's just this resistance through existence, a nonviolent way of existing. And so it was so beautiful to have it be cross-cultural, different mediums forward, have scripture, just to have so many different aspects come together is what feels like magic to me. So how many people are working on that project? It's a good amount because we have the Palestinian production company, and then we have the six different pastors in the Holy Land in Jordan. And then we have the writers that help write the script. We have the host, that's Reverend Gabby Alabuni, who runs the Middle East desk over there. And it's just a collaboration of a lot of amazing leaders and women's voices. We have Reverend Sally Azar, who is the first woman pastor over there that's from there. It just continues to surprise me what happens when you can get people that are better than you at things. You just all come together and amazing, beautiful things happen. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that point of view of surrounding yourself with people who are better at different things and just saying, here's what I offer. And I can't wait to see how you make it even better. Because there's all different kind of creative processes as we've been learning as we do this podcast. The more voices that you can get together that are wanting to be a chorus or make something beautiful together, just create something more abundant than you can even imagine. And so that has been my joy with creating is creating with many. Side note, they're sharing the land of Palestine. Are they okay? Right. Part of it is sharing that it's not okay, right? Mm-hmm. Is that they are under occupation and what it looks like when you're under occupation and when you're a war-seized country. And so it does get to share pieces of that, what's happening on the ground now, which I think is so important and poignant for right now. And especially during this Lenten season, as we walk with Jesus towards the cross, it's that time of not looking away but looking at the places that hurt in the world and in ourselves and seeing what God's wanting to resurrect in us. Thank you. Do you have any tips for, because like Dawn was saying, there's different ways of approaching creativity and some people work better on their own and some really enjoy that collaborative process. What are ways that you have found to help make it work better if the collaboration isn't going so well, if it's being difficult? Yes. If it's a collaboration, we're working with other people and it feels like sometimes it can feel like everybody has different ideas. So how do you prioritize what ideas or what themes? And so I think it's spending time with each other in recognizing where we want to step forward and where we want to step back for the better of the project. Because oftentimes when you have a lot of artists, it can be like, no, I want my voice or I want this to be. And I find myself not working with a ton of artists that are like that. So that's part of the joy, too, is we appreciate working together and creating a voice together. But it is also recognizing when, okay, I thought this was going to be a bigger thing. Maybe I just need to step back and let the vision unfold in a way that I couldn't have imagined. And so I love it because it does open you up in a way that you couldn't be open up if you were just doing it 
by yourself. Now, beautiful things happen by yourself as well. I just happen to be very collaborative in my creativity. That's really insightful, I think, to keep the vision of the project at the center. And But what about you when you're working on something of your own? Do you need a particular setting when you're working on something? Do you need quiet or do you like to listen to music or tell us about your own process? It depends on what I'm creating. If I'm doing something for writing, I like to light a candle and I like to have the deep focus playlist in the background or something similar to it and have my diffuser going. If it's something for dance, I like to have, of course, an open space and the music playing on repeat if I'm choreographing to music or to have the poetry or whatever it is that's inspiring me to move, to have that in front of me so that can be my focal point. But my favorite is when I'm creating with my dancers in the studio, I'll say, here is a piece of poetry. I'm going to play a song three times through and just whatever or however your body is inspired to move. We put it all together and all of a sudden we have this piece before us. And it's like everybody else's body language is what I refer to it as, is our choreography is our way of our body to express things that there just aren't words for. And so being able to have all of these voices come out in one piece just feels so magical and so holy. I love that because I think of dance as my first language. And one in which I'm more fluent than many others because it's a conversation. And the way you're describing the creative process is very much a conversation between all these people. Well, and it's so fun because somebody will create maybe two counts or three counts of eight. And we get to learn each other's language, which Mm. just feels so incredible because you can do it cross cultures, cross language. It just opens up so many different barriers that are harder to do with just language sometimes. But to be able to learn each other's body language just feels like such a holy act. So did you grow up with a modern dance background or you're speaking more in that realm as you describe this? I actually grew up in tap jazz and lyrical. And then I ended up my senior year going to Purpich Center for Arts, which is mostly modern and ballet. And I remember being just horrified because I was a jumper and a turner. Like I was, I was good at jumping and turning at the tricks, right? Yeah. And modern dance is not at all about the tricks. It's about the story you want to communicate or the theme or the artistry. And so I was like, what am I left with if I don't have any more tricks? But that was such a holy way of uncovering really the spirit of movement. And then I just never went back. Now I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this as long as I want, as long as I can move. And so I feel really grateful for that because as you get older, the tricks get a lot harder. There's not the triple turn. Yeah. Are you currently working on a dance project? Yes, I am very excited. We're working on a combined show with two other amazing choreographers here in the Twin Cities and Sarah LaRose Hollins and Una Satia. And we have a piece that is Alicia Keys and Brandy Carlisle. And it's so powerful because everybody in my company just happens to be women. And so the pieces that we do together, this one is just all about joining our voices together and each choreographed to something that they are very passionate about for standing up and speaking out about. And so it turned into this really powerful piece that every time 
may see it, I literally can't help but cry because I just am so moved by the passion that people bring to the project. I love how your face lights up when you talk about dance. Yes. <laughs> you can tell that it's a deep part of your soul and your being. Yeah, it was the first way I preached was without words. And so it's my first language, it feels like. Mm, I get that. So there's the dance company, there's the creative things in the Twin Cities, and then you also lead trips. So tell us about that. Yes, I wanted to go to the Holy Land during Holy Week because I just had never been and I just thought that would be the time to go. And I was keynoting at an event and somebody said, you should talk to Elias because he leads tours to the Holy Land. And I was like, okay. And I'd run into this guy named Elias and I said, hey, I was supposed to talk to you about a Holy Land trip. And he says, yeah, I'm bringing pastors. At this time, it was February and he was bringing pastors during March. And he said, you could come if you wanted. We had two pastors not be able to come, but they had already paid. So you could come for free. And I was like, oh, what? Yay. And then I was like, can I bring a friend? Because you're a stranger. <laughs> that could be a terrible situation. He's like, of course, bring a friend. And so my friend and I went and she has brought her church on multiple trips with Elias Tours as well. But it just opened up traveling in a way that I could bring people to the Holy Land or to Greece and Turkey or these holy places and just watch the scripture come alive for them. Like they could see how Paul was talking to the Corinthians or they could see Jesus walking on the Sea of Galilee. The scripture comes alive for them. And so that was really cool. So, so you're creating a life. You have a lot of tendrils out there. I do. And I feel like that's been my passion project is life by design and not by default. Ooh, say more. So I feel like so often we get in the monotony of things and we just keep grinding and doing and we forget to be. And all of a sudden, as I started traveling and as I started slowing down, I just started wondering if I could design my life, how would I want to design my life? and Part of it also for me was just what does freedom in Christ actually look like? If you were to encounter it or breathe it in or see it or witness it in real life, what does it look like to be free in Christ? And that was part of my wanting to design a life that was free. And of course, it's a work in progress. And of course, I'm not perfect at it because that would be real amazing. But there are moments where you just give yourself the moment to breathe and to be open to what the Spirit has for you in your work, in your life, in your creativity, in your family. And it's just incredible what opens up in ways that you never thought possible. And so traveling has been one of those, meeting people from all over the world and see how God is moving them and shaping them and being invited into their worlds and having meals together. It's been incredible to see the way that just stepping back and allowing God to move and breathe has changed my life in a way that I didn't think was possible. So we get this question. A lot of people want to be free range and they'll love hearing the mix you're doing and they'll be so inspired. And then they'll be like, how does she have health insurance? You're perhaps doing enough of this that you can pay a rent or mortgage and clearly you eat and whatever. But when you separate from some of these structures and you're on leave from call, how do the practicalities of life work? Absolutely. Now that makes so much sense. I have been fortunate to have multiple forms of income. And so before I was a pastor, I was involved in real estate. And mm. so having a stream of real estate has been helpful. Also having different ways of earning. So writing and speaking at conferences and 
bringing people on tours and all of these also generate income. And then also mm-hmm. social media. Surprisingly, I just started it as a passion project, but to get a paycheck from Instagram or TikTok. <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> yes. Oh, so those are the ways that I have tangibly figured out how to do some of that work. But also I do feel, and, and not to be too woo-woo-y, but it, nice. I, I feel in a lot of ways it's been, okay, God, I trust you. So how are we going to make this work or how are we going to make this happen? And so far I've been able to eat, praise God. And you have a beautiful I, backdrop. Yeah. Like, you're not roughing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do feel grateful. And a lot of times travel is usually on other people on either the travel company or people pay you to come and speak. And so it's actually cheaper for me to be traveling and a nomad than trying to live in a fancy apartment and hold that up. Yeah. Thank you. So it's been a luck and a prayer. I always have multiple income streams and it feels safer to me. People perceive yeah. it as very unstable. But yeah. there's no way I'll ever lose all my money at once. Absolutely. And you can always supplement, which I love. If I'm not going to get paid for this, then I'm going to pick up an extra writing gig, which is really good. I'm so glad you asked that question, Don, because I think that is something that a lot of our listeners wonder about. And yeah, and I've found, because I have different streams as well, and the more that I lean into doing the work that feels life-giving whatever that is, the happier I am for sure. And it's so easy to want to listen to the worries about what's going to happen if this piece crumbles, or maybe I should be doing something that's just more stable. But Don, I tend to agree with you that it feels more stable to have different streams because you've always got something then. You're not just relying on one thing. Absolutely. And I feel like the more that I have joy in life, the less I need things. If I'm traveling for a month or two months at a time, I really only pack two weeks worth of clothes and then do laundry a couple times. But then I get home to this big closet full of clothes and I'm like, what the heck? And I just think, oh my gosh, I don't need nearly as much as I thought I did. And that's been part of my life as being free range. Pastor Jenny is like, free range is also not holding anything too tightly. And it's giving myself the freedom to let go and pick up, to be held, to let go. You know, I think that's why Jesus tells the disciples, don't take anything. Let me be what you need. Let me show you that I can be what you need and just the way that God provides. And so in those ways, I feel like the more I live this life of freedom or this life of joy, the less I need and in turn, the less that holds me down. I love that. And both of you are saying you become happier. The joy brings more opportunities to you. There's something unscientific that is happening. Yeah, there's no yeah. formula for it. It is living on a hope and a prayer. And I've been able to save, which also feels like just silly wildness. But there will be times of feasts and there will be times of famine. And it's just trying to navigate with all, all of your resources, steward them in ways that you feel are holy and right. But there's no formula. Yeah, <laughs> That's where the creativity comes in. It's like that old saying, the path becomes clear as you make mm. your way forward. You can't see where you're going, but you... Just keep taking one step at a time and it becomes clear as you go. Absolutely. And honestly, for the last two years, that has been my prayer is just one faithful step at a time. I don't have to see the whole thing. I don't have to see the whole picture. As long as I just know what the next most faithful step is, then I'm good. You must have developed some process of discernment. Once people know you're available, you probably get offers that are not quite on your path. 
So some of it too is trusting that discernment, I would imagine. Yes. And I think within that discernment too, it really is getting really clear about what part of the vineyard you're called to tend to. I think so often pastors especially want to tend to everything, everywhere, all the time because that feels like Jesus. But even Jesus left Capernaum when there were still people to be healed, right? Even Jesus said, nope, the most important thing is that I share this message. And so now I have to go, even though there's more people that need healing, I need to go and share this message of hope and what life looks like when the reign of God comes near. And for me, I got really clear about what I was about and what I was not about, and then bless all the people that are doing the thing that I'm not about. Because first of all, thank God for them because I can't do what they do, but also I'm not called to. And so I would just do it poorly. And so to just get really clear about God, what is the message that you have for me to share? Or what is that place in the vineyard that I'm supposed to tend to faithfully? And then give me the wisdom to stay there and not be like, what cool things happening over there that I should do? But just being faithful to that place in the vineyard. How would you describe your corner of the vineyard? I would say the places that I am called to serve are for people that have one foot in and one foot out of the church. So it's not the people that are totally like, I hate Jesus, or mm-hmm. the people that are like, I love Jesus. But those people that are like, I don't It's complicated. Know. Yeah, it's complicated. Those feel like my people in the way that life can be really hard and things can be really hard. And so to have those people that doubt or wonder or question, that's my place of joy. And to be able to do it through art, to be able to do it through creativity, to be able to do it through travel, those are the ways that I see God calling me to help open up people's eyes to not trust the tangible, but to trust the Holy Spirit, to see with eyes of faith. That's really where I feel the most called. So that has a lot to do with art and collaboration and what beautiful things we're creating together. So do you interact with people a lot on your Instagram? I do. I get a lot of direct messages and that has been a huge part of the ministry I do actually are people that just don't walk into a church or don't even know if they are even allowed to be called Christians. Such I'm like, oh, my sweet friend, Christians weren't even called Christians back in the day. Other people called them Christians, right? They didn't say I'm a Christian. They were identified to be people that look like Christ. And having those conversations with people that are like, am I holy enough? Oh, sweet friend, God is so much bigger than that. Wonderful. It sounds like a beautiful ministry that has opened up and I'm sure you didn't plan on that when you went through your ordination process, but here you are. Yeah, it is one of those wild things where you can never imagine where you're going to end up. And I still don't, right? I've really only been ordained. I think it'll be my fifth year here in February. And so it's only been five years and where God has taken me in these five years has just been more wild than I could have ever imagined. And so I can't even fathom what's coming in the next five or 10 or beyond. Yeah. I did want to ask you, one of the questions that we like to ask is, who are some of your favorite creators? Yes. So I love many different artists. I was thinking of an illustrator I love, and her name is Pionico Fermendo. And she's out of the UK. I have one of her resist prints that's just phenomenal. You can find her on Instagram. Her work is so beautiful and so lovely. For poetry, I'm a huge fan of Cole Arthur Riley, who does the Black Liturgies. I think a lot of us are because she's just so phenomenal. 
I'm a big Rumi fan. Morgan Harper or Nichols is just stunning. And then music, I'm all over the place. I don't know if it's because I'm a dancer or what, but I do love beautiful chorus. Their warm-up kind of music. Resistance Revival Chorus is also amazing. I like a lot of choral, lots of voices. Again, the collaboration. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, so I will admit to that. Blackpink, for those of you that like K-pop. And then this is a funny one, but it's been true ever since middle school, is Hanson. I still oh, love that. Hanson, yes. It stands the test of time. It's the most bizarre way. And yes, I'm all over the place with music, but I get inspired by lyrics, I think is what moves me the most. And then sometimes it's just that space between the notes that gets you. It's so hard to say. Oh, that's great. I love that diversity. And I love Taylor Swift too. I think she's great. She's so talented. Her lyrics are beautiful. And yeah. So one of the things that we do And this is up to you, but Dawn is a coach. If you have something you're working on, maybe Dawn could give you some thoughts about next steps. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of coaching, by the way. I think every great leader has a coach, a shrink, and some sort of trainer. Mind, body, spirit. Yep. Totally. All of the above. I think For me, the project that feels like it's been on my heart for a while. And sometimes when something feels so big, you don't know where to start. Yeah, let's Um, do that. I love those kinds of questions. Yes. So I want to do a project that is multimedia, different art, different pastors, different voices. I'm huge in promoting BIPOC and LGBTQIA voices and just giving them space to shine bright like diamonds. And so wanting to create the space and being in the Twin Cities is like the Mecca of Lutheranism. So we yes. have a lot yeah. of amazing humans here. But just thinking of, gosh, if we could have worship together, even if it was just once a month, what could that look like? And so this is so huge. Where do you even start? What is the point of the worship? How will people know they need to come? Okay, fantastic question. So I believe that there are people like myself who are deeply spiritual and creative and they want that to be integrated in their worship and they just haven't found that place yet where they can be their whole selves. And I want to create a space where you can bring your whole self. And a lot of churches do that. And I've found for many folks that either look like me or are more on the edges of things, it's harder to find places where you can bring your whole self. And it almost feels dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so wanting to create a place where people can just really be their full selves and see how that can be worship. Where in the thought process are you? Like, is this gather a few people and start brainstorming? Or is this who can host it in their space? Or is it like, take some more time, dance it out? Where are we in your thought process already? Oh, I love that question because I feel like I perked up when it was like, let's find a space. Because I think I've been talking about it with a lot of people. I think there's been lots of creative conversations happening. And now I'm just ready for us to do the thing or to just try it or to practice. And so when you said find a space, it was like something in me was like, oh, that's what feels. Yeah. Very exciting. And are you wanting something that looks like a worship space or are you just wanting open space? Do you even know how you want this to feel? 
I think I want pretty open space. Yeah. I think I want it more like a performance space where people can move and and so it's not like pews. Everyone's moving if they choose. Right. And so thinking of moments where everybody can move or if you want to just watch people move, that's the thing I think about permission giving as well is showing up as your whole self. For some people, that's not moving big, right? That is sitting in the pew and just letting the music or the words or whatever wash over you. And so giving that permission for all of these different expressions to exist. And how do you give the permission? How do people know when they walk in? That's a great question. I feel like it's speed of the leader, speed of the pack. Uh-huh. Having multiple leaders that lead from who they are and how they show up can be really great ways to demonstrate, to embody what it is that we want to create. I love it. The space could dictate who can physically get there. What date is that space available? What fits? What do they allow? Can there be giant puppets? Like, how high is the ceiling? So the space is a great jumping off point for you. Yes, I love it. I can't wait to come back and have you do more of this with me. Oh, good. How could we find a space? Can you tell us in two weeks? Oh, I could tell you in 24 hours. I have lots of friends that have performance spaces. And so I was like, Do we want it to be small and communal? Do we want it to feel like a theater? I think that's what I'm going to be praying about and wondering about is what kind of space. And that feels so much more tangible than what kind of ideas. I'm overthinking the ideas. Okay, we've got the ideas, but let's go now. Let's do the tangible, like what time, what place. Because no matter what we'll learn, right, there'll be some things that go well and there'll be some things that go sideways but either way there's learning to be done and we have to go through that process of learning to make it what we want it to be i'm in new york city and i think this is in other places we have like immersive van gogh or Mm -hmm. immersive shakespeare and you're like walking through so you're in the trend like immersive worship what is it Yes, absolutely. And even to think about how when you bring people to the Holy Land, how that transforms them. Like, how can we immerse them in, oh my gosh, I just love it. I'm writing it down. Let us know where it is, even if you don't have a date. Yeah, absolutely. I will do that. And it's fun because I'm actually supposed to meet a friend tomorrow at her space. I feel like maybe, again, not to be too woo, but it feels like everything's falling together where it's, oh, yeah, I'm actually going to see a space tomorrow that was completely unrelated. But it might feel like the right place. Yeah, absolutely. How fun. Yeah. Oh, it's been so wonderful to actually get to talk to you and to hear your insight on things. I've always enjoyed your writings that I've seen here and there. And it's just really lovely to get to talk to you face to face. Yes, it's so good to be together and to be a part of the beautiful work that you both are creating in the world. Thank you for bringing your full self and being here with us. My joy. Thank you for listening to Created Creative. We're so glad that you listened. And please don't forget to follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook. And follow Created Creative Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and share it. And review if that's available. Please. Yes, that helps us so much to get other people listening and more of this creative content out there. And go create something. Go create something.